Hello, and welcome to episode 26 of Sin Amazing Chats. I'm Pablo, and I'm here with Erica. Hey. And we're going to be discussing 2019's Gemini Man. So, this is a movie that, for whatever reason, uh, was originally conceived of in 1997, but then went through several rewrites, several different hands, and basically was one of those films stuck in development hell. It's most notable because it basically has the main actor and then has them play their younger clone. Uh, and spoilers throughout, I should say. And in fact, uh, it went through so many different iterations that such actors as Harrison Ford, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Michael Douglas, Chris O'Donnell, Mel Gibson, Tommy Jones, Kevin Costner, Pierce Brosnan, Bruce Willis, John Travolta, John Voight, Denzel Washington, Johnny Depp, Nicolas Cage, Brad Pitt, Keanu Reeves, Tom Cruise, Clint Eastwood, Gerard Butler, Nick Nolte, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Statham, Dwayne Johnson, Michael B. Jordan, Idris Elba, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, and Sean Connery were all attached at some point. The Sean Connery one sounds kind of cool. I would see that one. <laughs> but what we had eventually ended up with is Will Smith as the main character. Oh, yeah, Will. this is a Will Smith movie, so I knew it was going to be fun to watch. What I find kind of interesting about Will Smith uh, is that he always does this kind of thing that's kind of similar to Tom Cruise, where it's like, at one hand, he wants to hold himself up as this, like, superhuman person, and on the other hand, he always wants to sort of present himself as the everyman, and he's never been more everyman than in this film, where he's basically this old, washed-up hitman who's, uh, like, days away from retiring. He's not that old. He's 51. He's not even normal retirement age. (laughs) And they actually let Will Smith have his gray hair, which he probably has in real life. Um, so this movie's mostly notable, not really for the story, which is pretty basic, uh, or for any of the stuff that happens in the movie, any of the acting, but mainly for the technology that was used in it. It's how they told this ridiculous tale. And it actually has such advanced technological achievements in it that it can't actually be displayed anywhere in its proper format. Um... It's shot in, I believe, 8K, uh, and was shot in high frame rate at 120 frames per second, uh, which, again, no theater in the world was able to actually present it that way. The closest it could get is uh, 4K in 120 frames per second, but without the HDR. And you might remember HDR was also used in the Hobbit releases uh, from Peter Jackson, and it was pretty divisive technology. Basically, it makes any movie that's shot in this format look not like a movie but like it's real life like it's actually happening and if you have a 4k tv you can actually test this out for yourself at home they have some like youtube clips uh that you can see in 60 frames per second uh it's a really weird effect so for example there's a extended motorcycle chase where will smith's chasing his clone um and basically just looks like will smith the actor has gotten mad and is just chasing himself through the streets of uh los angeles los angeles sure yeah (laughs) So what did you think of this movie, Erica? Well, I'm pretty sure I watched it on, like, standard def. Um, I don't know, unless unless Amazon streams in HD. It usually streams in HD, but probably not in 4K. Right, yeah, definitely not anywhere near what it could have been. Um, so to me, yeah, the technology looked... a a little weird i don't know like the de-aged will smith i think you maybe said this too like at times it was more convincing but at other times it wasn't really 
Yeah, so the actual effect of the young Will Smith, um, they didn't, like, use a body double or, like, de-age the older Will Smith to be his younger self. They actually created an entire 3D model of the young Will Smith, and I guess probably mapped it onto either his or some other body double's actions, uh, which is an interesting way to go with it. It's actually Weta Digital, the same people who did, uh, obviously, The Lord of the Rings and all those movies. Um, so yeah, in some scenes, it's basically photorealistic, and you'd think you were just looking at Will Smith as we all knew him back in the 90s, but other times you can definitely tell uh, the scenes show a little bit. Oh, right, and they picked like this age of 23 for his clone because that was his age when he was on Fresh Prince, right? And so they had all this footage of him. Oh yeah, and that brings me to my next point, which is who is the audience for this movie? Because it's definitely not for, like, Zillennials, because what do they care about Will Smith? Um, and I don't even know if it's for, like, our generation, because it's basically, like, a pretty standard, like, kind of stupid popcorn movie. Um, so it seem, kind of seems like a movie that doesn't really have a good appeal for anyone. Hmm. Other than, again, to show off the, like, groundbreaking special effects. But they couldn't even really show it off fully. <laughs> exactly. And I will say, uh, so this is an Ang Lee film, and if you look at Ang Lee's entire filmography, it's very strange. He, like, goes from one genre to another. Uh, obviously, he's done a lot of drama, and that's probably where he's most comfortable. Uh, he got his big break with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, a film that personally I don't really care for. He also did the first iteration of The Hulk, which, again, is, is kind of bonkers, kind of like an acid trip of a movie. Um, mm-hmm. He did Brokeback Mountain, which, of course, is very uh, critically acclaimed. Uh, although personally, uh, having read the novella it's based on, I actually thought the novella was a little bit better. It didn't add so many like convoluted subplots. Lust Caution is also well regarded. Uh, Life of Pi, I think, was pretty well received. Uh, I haven't seen it, but people always come back to that one. And then most recently, he made Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Whoa, what is that? Basically notable. It's about like uh, an Iraq war vet who returns home, and it's shot in the almost the exact same formats the high frame rate uh, 60 frames per second probably in that one and it does the exact same thing where it shows the like action scenes of uh you know army people shooting at each other uh, soldiers shooting at each other but it's like very realistic it's like you're actually there experiencing that happening hmm. so again uh i don't know if angley is my favorite um something about his sensibility always strikes me a little oddly um but he always picks interesting projects to work on, I will say. Like he, like I said, he goes all over the place. Yeah, definitely an eclectic uh, list of movies here. Have you seen any of those movies, or do any of those like leap out to you? Ooh. He also did The Ice Storm, which was, um, from what I remember, it's like the younger generation and the older generation, like Tobey Maguire, uh, Christina Ricci, Elijah Woods. The and it's Ice like, Storm? Yeah, it's like weirdly sexual, like <gasps> uh, maybe adults are like swingers and maybe the kids are like going through puberty or like coming of age (laughs) no i definitely didn't see that which hulk is this that he did it's the original hulk movie that they had made uh basically after spider-man they like greenlit all those movies like daredevil and oh from uh, like 2003 or something or yeah 2003 yeah that's the one that stares eric bana and sam elliott as his enemy I'm pretty sure I've seen that one, but I don't remember it at all. And then out of all of these, I've seen like Brokeback Mountain, basically. I mean, personally, I kind of hated that one, the Hulk. But Mm -hmm. uh, basically, it's 
got some interesting uh, stylistic devices again, uh, where it really tries to replicate that sort of panel-panel comic book appearance. But uh, I just feel like it's really hard to follow. Not very well done, uh, story-wise. And Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest action piece is the Hulk fights some radiated dogs. Just like giant poodles. So that's pretty dumb. Giant poodles? Oh my god. Wait, oh my god, he did Sense and Sensibility in 1995? Yeah, I don't know anything about that one. It's got Emma Thompson. Oh, Emma Thompson wrote the screenplay and stars while Kate Winslet plays another character. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, Alan Rickman. And Alan Rickman was there. Anyway, back to Gemini Man. <laughs> so again, the uh, initial way this film starts is very strange. It just kind of presents you with Will Smith as an aging hitman, and he's going to like shoot somebody on a train. But, like, the camera shots they pick are, like, really weird. It's like you're watching him set up, and it's like you're seeing his butt angle, essentially, because he's setting up this shot. Oh, yeah, we get a good uh, butt crotch view. Yeah, so he's basically wondering uh, if he's doing a noble thing, uh, and he has been led to believe this entire time that he's been shooting, you know, enemies of the state or, like, been doing some service through his agency but he slowly begins to realize that actually he's been killing you know random scientists random other people that well maybe enemies of the state aren't necessarily evil or whatever thing that he justifies his killing and what particularly uh makes him decide to break with this is that he almost shoots uh, a little girl who is approaching his target on the train oh yeah he almost goes in bruges <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Oh, and then one other interesting thing I noticed from the opening, uh, you know, where they're just showing the credits, is that this was a half Fosun, half Alibaba production, uh, which, you know, they're always trying to appeal to this international market now that they opened up uh, China overseas film Mm -hmm. markets. So it kind of has that foreign appeal. um, And they have uh, characters and maybe locations that might appeal. Benedict Wong is in the movie. Yeah. I also saw that it was produced by uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, um, you know, through his Bruckheimer films. I did think it was kind of weird also that this movie is rated PG-13 and yet the entire movie is, you know, action heavy. uh, A lot of bloody headshots and people getting shot point blank. It's kind of funny that, you know, with the rating changes, uh, this can be considered a PG-13 film. Oh yeah, what is, is John Wick rated R? Definitely. Okay. But yeah, I guess just, I don't know, it's like kind of trying to be a lot of different movies or kind of like popular. Like it had a Hitman storyline. They had to throw in a romance storyline. Yeah. And we should also mention that this was co-written by David Benioff and the story was also co, uh, you know, come up with by him. So it turns out that Game of Thrones isn't the only thing that he ruins. Oh no. Well, it wasn't, I guess he can't take all the blame because there were like two other writers. It's also funny the way this movie starts. It's just a lot of scenes of him meeting somebody and then talking with them for a while and then going somewhere else and talking with somebody for a while and going somewhere else and talking somewhere for a while. Like after the train sequence, basically he meets up with his handler. Uh, They show that he cares for bonsai trees. Uh, Oh, yeah. Beer and this whole stupid subplot about like. Uh, you know, the guy doesn't want to drink anymore or something like that. His boss. 
Oh, yeah, there were all these little, like, tidbits of info that kind of just never really mattered. Like, he burned a photo for, I guess, every, all 72 guys that he killed or whatever. But because we just come in at the last assignment, we just see him, like, burn one, and then, like, that's never (laughs) brought up again. I don't know. Yeah, and just a lot of this movie feels, like, not from the 2010s. It just feels kind of dated which it probably is since it was written in 1997 originally oh my like god a 90s action movie if you go to the word document and go to properties it'd be like original creator originally created like 97 like word 19 or word 95 or windows 95 or whatever yeah it just feels like even bad movies or mediocre movies from nowadays have a little bit more complexity to them whereas this one's just like very straightforward it's just a hitman who wants to retire and then some stupid clone uh subplot oh yeah well okay so then there were really like two parallel clone subplots which was a clone army of like semi-humans that don't really feel things and then an individual like clone that the bad guy raised as his son like a a full human or whatever and they all look like will smith though but right and then at the very end we find out that there's a third will smith clone who's even younger and then they just keep going further and further (laughs) like russian nesting dolls oh no so yeah then he goes to uh, a pier and has another conversation with uh mary elizabeth winstead well, I will say he's actually pretty good in this movie. Uh, I mean, she's not given a lot to do, but she's fine. She handles herself well in the action sequences. Mm-hmm. She's always likable. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, and he quickly realizes that she's probably been sent there to watch him from uh, his corporation. Oh, yeah. I guess it's implied or maybe they even say it like he's just the best guy ever. Like he is basically he can't even be handled because... Um, he's gonna find out everything yeah and so they have to just kill him i guess at the end of his career oh i think the character even says that gives away the plot of the movie one of the agents the dia agents says he's going to pull on that thread until he's got a gun pointing at us which is like (laughs) just the plot of the movie (laughs) right Oh, and then in this scene as well, there's, like, these weird little tidbits you were mentioning earlier. Like, um, he notices her school sweatshirt, so he's like, go dogs. Oh, they have a whole marine biology bit. Uh, that fe- kind of feels like the influence of Ang Lee. He's trying to, like, inject some more humanity or, like, some little weirdness or whatever. Idiosyncrasies. Mm-hmm. But then I felt like the romance thing was really forced until, uh, I guess she is implied that she hits it off more with the younger clone but it's just kind of like immediately they're supposedly flirting or somehow they're supposed to be attracted to each other but it didn't really feel like that at all since he's really old compared to her yeah it was unclear if it was meant to be um romantic or not because he made a joke at some point that was like oh i haven't had like a long relationship or like my longest relationship would be you if we were counting it that way or something like that Right, so obviously this guy hasn't had a very fulfilling life. Um, now, obviously, I'm not saying that Will Smith doesn't look good or whatever, but it just kind of feels forced to me. Like there had, there's absolutely no need for that. Oh, probably just like the finances were like you have to have a romance subplot. 
Right, yeah. Could have just been assembling a team with um, that other guy, Benedict Wong. They're going to make a murder squad. <laughs> yeah, the murder squad. Oh, my God. With two Will Smiths. How about that? <laughs> um, okay, one thing I didn't understand um, as Will Smith is like, pontificating about wait what was his character's name henry henry was pontificating henry brogan which i find also very strange henry brogan and he works at the defense intelligence agency all right the defense intelligence agency the dia presumably just like the cia i assume and yeah okay so he's like talking about his past and how he drowned or something he actually like died i think he said right and he was resuscitated oh, yeah. So are we, but then they also kind of uh, flashback to him being a kid and his dad's trying, like, forcing him to swim or something like that. Did he drown twice? I was so confused. Yeah, I guess it's some forced water metaphor. Um, (laughs) A forced water metaphor. (laughs) He died, but he came back evil. (laughs) A ham-fisted water metaphor. Uh, And then we also meet Clive Owen, who's playing Clay, uh, who's just playing, you know, completely evil, like very arch. And I will say, having uh, seen him in a few films early in his career, that his American accent's actually gotten pretty good. Like, if you didn't know he was British, you might think he was actually American, or I don't know. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I kind of forgot. But also, like, what happened with Clive Owen? Like, I feel like he was sent to, uh, you know, actor jail for a long time. I'm not really sure why, because I feel like he made some pretty interesting movies in the early <laughs> 2000s. To actor jail. Oh, no. And then kind of just disappeared. Maybe he had, like, too many flops in a row. Yeah. And Children of Men was obviously really big. Maybe he just, I don't know, left for a moment. I have no idea. Took time off. Or maybe he did TV work. Uh, I think he was in something called The Nick, but I haven't seen it. Oh, he was also in Valerian. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's been getting around, just sneaking. <laughs> but it always seemed like, I mean, I feel like he had the potential to play, like, James Bond, or basically a James Bond character. He was in these shorts called, uh, I think, The Croupier or something like that. He was really good in that, and he's basically almost like a James Bond type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for some reason, I kind of, like, associate him with, like, a Jude Law or something. I don't know. But Jude Law kind of had the same thing where he like disappeared for a while and then, but in his case, he like came back with a fury and then he's just been like nonstop and everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Clive Owen's character is kind of pointless in this movie. He, he's the father of, they call him Junior, the clone of Will Smith, but right. he doesn't really have much to do except be evil. Yeah, I thought he was like, um, he reminded me of Bean Dad because he was like, um saying what a great dad he was but he obviously like psychologically tormented this kid turning them into like a perfect hitman like learning how to hunt and everything right and i guess there's some sort of forced commentary about um this is obviously clay's monologue at the end but he's essentially making the point that if they have a bunch of clones then no real human ever has to die again um, and also, uh, I know you didn't see Logan, but it also reminded me of Logan. They're kind of doing the same thing in that movie, where they keep, like, cloning uh, Wolverine and progressively, like, removing his soul. Jeez. Progressively removing his soul. Wow. It's like a Xerox of a fax. Oh my god. <laughs> 
But yeah, that's the exact same thing that happens in this movie. It's just like Junior is a little less uh, human initially, and then the third iteration is like even more so. It's dead. Oh, right. Um, well, I thought, or yeah, I thought you told Junior you're like a full human or whatever. I think by the end, where he's like taught him to be more human. Mm. And it's interesting that they implied that like um, Henry's murder in abilities would be like genetically transferred <laughs> oh yeah and again you won't get this reference but that's very similar to metal gear solid uh where the main character solid snake is a clone of this other character big boss who's like the ultimate soldier yeah and then there's just like so many clones <laughs> yeah i don't know why that keeps coming up oh and you can also think of star wars uh obviously they have the jango fett who's cloned to be the stormtroopers yeah i don't know why we have that idea it seems like if you trained anybody unless they had some sort of i don't know genetic defect or like some physical impairment that they'd probably be a pretty good soldier and even then like now we just have drones and machines that they could just control mm-hmm. there's no real reason it has to be like soldiers or clones it could oh just be yeah robots <laughs> that's what i kept thinking it's just like why do you need this will smith clone <laughs> could be robot cops oh my god and terminators and so it begins with Skynet. <laughs> the reign of the machines versus clones. Oh my god. So then the very next scene is uh, a murder squad comes after Will Smith, but somehow he intuits that they're coming and is able to slip under uh, the floorboards and takes them all out single-handedly. Oh, he has, um, like, his house has an alarm that beeps anytime anyone crosses oh, the line. Yeah. That's how he knows everything. <laughs> Well, they show he has a crappy alarm because earlier uh, his old boss, like, somehow makes it in no problem. Oh, right. Uh, I guess because he lets him, but it doesn't detect him until he's almost there. It's, like, pretty crappy. Yeah, it was, like, right before they get there. But Will Smith's super fast. He's got a, a bag packed full of weapons, so. Yeah, and not so much with the plot, but definitely I think the look is probably influenced also by the Bourne movies. Oh, that's right. Where they're just trying to make it, like, hyper-realistic. Uh, and I will say, so I originally watched this, um, I think, in HD as well. Uh, but then later I watched it in HDR. And this, this like, first big action scene where it's at night and there's no lights and he's just, like, taking people out. I could barely tell what the hell was going on the first time I saw it. So it's, like, basically designed to be watched uh, in HDR, which is, like, where they show you different light levels. Oh. Yeah, so I don't know. If maybe if you saw it in the theaters with like the ideal conditions, then it was like really clear. But the way I saw it initially, it was like I was looking at a black screen. Remind me of that one Game of Thrones episode <laughs> the, where it's like the zombie attack. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Well, it's like layers of um, clones is like, how did you view it in HD, HDR, 4K? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then there's uh, another attack. So they also send agents after Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character, uh, who's apparently called Danny. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is like a really awkward scene, but uh, I read in some other review that it was more awkward if you saw it in the high frame rate. Because mm-hmm. basically it just looks like they're doing some like awkward choreography in this little office. Mm-hmm. So it's just like her struggling to kill this guy before he kills her. Oh, right. Yeah, we're we're supposed to believe that she is like she's pretty good of an agent but not quite as good uh, as uh she's will no smith. will smith yeah 
If only they could get Will Smith's daughter and clone her. Oh yeah, and here's where I have in my notes. Uh, she asks, "What scares you?" And then he says, "Drowning." Uh, but earlier he said he had a bee uh, allergy, so I'm just like, he's drowning in a sea of bees. Oh my That's gosh. His yeah, his fears were bees and drowning. <laughs> and then they leave and go meet, uh, you know, Benedict Wong as Baron. And for some reason he starts calling uh, Danny Toast. Do you remember what that was about? No. <laughs> I think it was maybe because she almost blew up or something. But it's another one of these, like, really unfunny, like, sort of uh, running jokes, I guess. Oh, yeah. Hilarious running jokes. <laughs> and all this comes after Henry has, uh, you know, tried to get in contact with all his other affiliates, and they've all been getting murdered. Uh, there's some character who's barely a character who appears in the first scene with the train, and he appears again in this scene to get killed. Oh, that's right. There's actually a lot that happens. Because, yeah, he has kind of like a team... And they're all getting taken out. And obviously Henry's the only one good enough to escape. Yeah. And there's a boat uh, with one of the people he talked to earlier, Jack. And they kill him. And also the woman he was with, which I was like, that's pretty rude. Could have just left her alive. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a sad scene. And I also read another review of that scene uh, when they're in the water and their bodies are getting thrown in. That that scene looked pretty good in the HFR. But again, we'll never know. <laughs> I really need to see these wet, dead bodies in high definition with R. Well, I said something about, yeah, something about how, like, the water quality looked. So maybe this is mm. the ideal format for, like, nature documentaries and, like, Planet yeah. Earth 11 or something. Yeah, I want to see a whale in 8K or whatever. Well, I don't know. I just remember, did you ever see the Hobbit movies uh, in high frame rate? Or did you see them in regular... I definitely saw at least one or two. Like, I remember the barrel scene in the high frame rate being silly. I will say, <laughs> so there's this weird effect that happens where you kind of have to, like, let your brain get used to it. And then it looks fine. But, like, I do remember when I saw the first Hobbit movie in a high frame rate that it was, like, really weird. Like, they were all moving too fast and it's kind of, like, jittery. But you kind of, like, keep watching it, keep watching it. Your mind gets used to it. And then it looks pretty cool to me, at least, uh... Like, it does look, um, if you're comparing to see The Lord of the Rings, uh, the original movies, it just felt like you were in Middle-Earth or something, as opposed to watching a movie about Middle-Earth. It kind of reminds me of, like, almost like a PBS documentary or, like, Wishbone or something. Yeah, so a lot of people don't like the effect at all and, like, hate it and actively will uh, not seek it out, mm -hmm. but... I mean, again, I didn't see this in high frame rate, but I thought the Hobbit movies were kind of cool in that format, so yeah, they go to Columbia and meet up with uh, Baron. Um, and that's when we are introduced to the idea of this younger clone. Right. Yeah, so he's finally got a competent team of not all random white dudes. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they were all brutally murdered. Um, sorry, I just had the thought that it's interesting that this movie like started in 1997 but, like, it's finishing in, like, the future because, like, we don't even have the ability to see it yet. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. There's another hilarious scene where uh, he's calling Dormoff, one of his other handlers, uh, and Dormoff is in his kid's high school for some reason. Just, oh, like, yes! detail to be funny. Another random detail about, like, implying that his son was masturbating in the science lab. Oh, yeah. 
or we don't know, I guess, but they're like, would you do that at home? And then the kid's like, no, or they're saying it, he would say no. So it's like, what would he be doing? I think there's another random scene with Clay and Varys, uh, and they make this weird toast to the next war, which is no war. I was like, what the hell does that mean? Wait, the next war, which is no war? <laughs> there were some really weird one-liners. Yeah, to the next war, which is no war. Oh, they're hoping for peace? I guess. I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, so the plot is that this guy who's in the high school with his son is, like, the only helpful guy in the DIA. Is that the case? And then the other yeah. was are trying to ki- the other lady is trying to kill him alongside Clay, the corporation guy. For some reason, they just decide they need to clean up everything. <laughs> oh, what's interesting is, like, the guy in the high school just grabs, asks to borrow, like, some girl's phone. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what if he gets her killed? He, like, returns it to her and <laughs> they track her down or something. And I don't know if they ever imply this or say it, but, like, literally one line or, like, one moment where Clay says that he had a son, that that son was deployed and actually died or something. That would immediately, like, explain his whole thing better. Oh. They do it throughout the whole movie. Yeah, because he just basically just up out of nowhere is like, I'm going to raise a clone baby and make him the perfect hitman. After already having done that with Will Smith, like, after already having groomed him to be the ultimate assassin. Oh, right, because it was supposed to be the only thing wrong with Will Smith was that he has PTSD. He said, like, he basically was describing, like, he said his soul hurts or something like that. It was really sad after killing, like, 72 people. And then also, (laughs) I guess he had the trauma of, like, the dad trying to force him to swim and stuff like that. So, for some reason, Clay was thinking like oh i'm a great dad and i'm giving this kid a life with no trauma except he was like obviously being super traumatic so it's pretty ridiculous i don't know i feel like maybe they could have made this into a stronger movie but also like why like this movie really has no reason to exist unless you're gonna go like extra ridiculous and hire nicholas cage or something to be the guy oh my god that would be funny yeah, like, if you're going to go serious with it, like, obviously the tone of this movie wasn't very serious. It's just, like, popcorn action movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Bizarre movie tone. But, yeah, can you imagine, like, they're running around from place to place and they question a lot of people? Like, can you imagine Nicolas Cage, like, how he is in Wicker Man running around be like, tell me how to get where burned. <laughs> yeah, tell me where they are. <laughs> <laughs> just starts punching people and kicking yeah. people. <laughs> That'd be great. Ugh. So yeah, it's like the tone, like the actual visuals and the choreography and stuff are trying to be gritty and realistic, but then you'll have a ridiculous scene, like in this next sequence, it escalates to the point where the younger clone is like using a motorcycle as a weapon, oh. just, like flinging motorcycles at the older Will Smith. <laughs> that was hilarious. He gets punched in the face with a motorcycle. It's a motorcycle kata, and then he has like a road rash, uh, I guess, effect on his face for the rest of the movie. Oh my god. You know what that reminds me of is Game of Thrones where like every episode is like can we invent a new way to kill people like with the rat or whatever like all these weird gross ways to die. Yeah so this is just an extended action sequence that begins with Will Smith and also takes him a frustrating long time to realize that this guy who looks exactly like a younger version of him is his clone. Oh yeah. To the point where other characters are like doesn't he look kind of familiar? Oh that's (laughs) right. He's like He's obviously you. 
In fact, um, Danny takes his DNA without him even knowing and is just, again, not consenting and just gets a microbio lab to confirm. Yeah, because she's like, are you sure you didn't, like, sleep around or something? And she's like, you have the exact same DNA. But yeah, there's, like, a whole scene in, like, a hotel lobby, I guess, basically, like a villa, where he has to, like, uh, negotiate with the younger clone and be like, hey, you mind not shooting me? <laughs> oh, that's right. And he has this, like, Call of Duty gun with, like, all the scopes where he can, like, lean it over and do all this, like, fancy assassin shit. And then he, like, basically escapes, and that's when they get on the motorcycles, and they're just, like, tearing through Columbia. And there's a lot of, like, first-person shots, uh, which I know from some of the -the behind-the-scenes stuff that a lot of those shots aren't real. Like, they're all, they're completely CGI. Mm? So you have, like, the motorcycle CGI, and you have, like, Will Smith's hand CGI and pointing a gun. That's Mm. also CGI. But then, obviously, the scenes of the older Will Smith just, like, driving his bike are real. Mm -hmm. And you have the younger clone doing, like, ridiculous uh things like driving his his bike on like a really narrow path that'd be insanely hard to stay on or doing all these parkour moves just like flipping around (laughs) and uh later when we see the third clone it's like even more advanced you can just like leap down buildings and like jump and flip and do all this shit and not get hurt Mm -hmm. oh yeah they don't they don't feel any pain the other kinds of clones that's right. Again, these action movies, these action sequences are essentially um, not pointless. Obviously, they're there to entertain the audience, but you could easily remove them and they wouldn't affect the plot at all. Just be like, okay, the assassin tries to kill him and he fails. Right. And then later he gets bailed out of jail by Danny and Baron. Oh, they try to have um, like some motif with like where they're facing off in a mirror. So they're like mirror images or whatever. They're talking to each other down a stairwell or something like that oh yeah which again probably would have been interesting to look at in 3d because uh anytime you have a mirror scene it looks like more depth mm, okay that makes sense and again if you see any of these sequences in 4k uh 60 frames per second it actually looks pretty interesting like it's it doesn't look like any other type of movie before but i don't know if it's essentially uh, uh improvements like, I think Ang Lee's basically making the same type of bet that a bunch of these other filmmakers made about 3D uh, back around the time of Avatar. Uh, but I just don't know if anyone's really interested. Because people want movies to look like movies. They don't want movies to look like documentaries or like sports or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's like this movie was is almost just like um, like a mock-up. Like, someone's like, let's try a bu- all this different, like tech with the uh cinematography and the cgi and all this stuff (laughs) and just demo it for some big wigs or whatever (laughs) yeah no like a lot of this just seems like a tech demo and i assume uh james cameron's avatar 2 is gonna somehow use some of this stuff um we'll see all five avatars (laughs) yeah maybe they're just hoping that vr tech and 3d tech and high frame rate hdr all the crap 4k 8k We'll all the acronyms like will all fold into itself and like become the matrix or whatever and people just like put on goggles and like have the full experience mm. i don't know we'll see nobody knows <laughs> didn't people like some people got like sick from watching avatar or something from the 3d well there was that but there was also i remember the people who didn't want to leave pandora oh maybe that's what i'm thinking of pandora's better than the real world i'm just gonna buy <laughs> ticket after ticket to watch it over and over again Oh, can you see that in, like, the Oculus Rift 
or something like that. Yeah, you could watch 3D movies in Oculus Rift. Mm. It basically simulates like a 3D TV screen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe this technology will pay off somewhere down the road. We'll see. Mm. Um, but I will say I do remember watching Avatar for the first time. Like that was probably the first 3D movie in 50 years or something, right? Mm-hmm. So that combined with the 3D at the time, uh, it was pretty impressive. I just remember it looking very like clear, like crystal clear. Mm-hmm. So obviously there is a wow factor, but even in Avatar, like that was a terrible story again. Like, the whole <laughs> crap about Unobtainium is just dances with wolves again, or uh, the Last Samurai, one of these. Oh movies. yeah, the Unobtainium. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, or you can even think of you know that then led to um, Alice in Wonderland, which is probably the worst movie I've ever seen, uh, <laughs> and that's probably like the second biggest three D release. Mm. oh i didn't even know remember that was in 3d oh my gosh well yeah you can have like a really shitty like animation like stick figures and if it has a good plot it's entertaining yeah i mean i will say uh probably some of the actually completely 3d movies like any of the pixar movies probably would have been worth seeing in 3d Uh, Mm. obviously i probably wouldn't say that about most of the dreamworks films aside from like the first shrek and how to train your dragon and Maybe Kung Fu Panda. Aside from that, I'd say throw them all in the garbage. <laughs> One of these writers uh, was a writer on Shrek Forever After, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I feel like this movie is, because it's like so many plots or like styles wrapped into one, it just gets you talking about every movie ever. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to the actual plot, so we had to talk, like, there's, we had to go beyond the actual, like, <laughs> really straightforward plot which is like some people are trying to kill will smith and he has a clone and then he has another clone and and then they kill everyone and then you have to stop the evil corporation from being evil (laughs) right which is like every movie about a hitman ever like a hitman has regrets and wants to retire but they won't let him and then he sees younger clone oh sorry younger hitman and it makes him like rethink his entire life i can (laughs) think that's pretty much the exact plot of the last born movie Uh, Mm. or what was it the born ultimatum Oh, okay. Uh, and it's also kind of funny, somehow Baron gets a Gulfstream, just like a really epic uh, jet. Mm-hmm. It's like, how the fuck did he get that? He just has <laughs> like these amazing connections. And it's around yeah. that time that somebody says the line, a ghost with a gun. And I think we were cracking each other up just saying that line again <laughs> throughout the rest of the movie. Well, they kept talking about referring to him as a ghost. And I was like, are we supposed to believe that? he's not even the original like his memories are implanted because like he died and drowned at some point like he had to be resuscitated but no i don't think it even goes that deep so i kept expecting like another level that would have been a really good twist yeah (laughs) they kept tricking us with the ghost with the gun (laughs) comments if m night Shyamalan had made this movie that definitely would have been the ending oh my god (laughs) yes i feel like they've made a few movies like that though like moon but yeah like i feel like they've made other movies where that involve cloning where it turns out that you're not the real person Mm -hmm. uh was not the the islands with ian mcgregor Mm -hmm. scarlett johansson yeah Yeah, so this is obviously a pretty common trope (laughs) so yeah now they're like trying to find this other guy yuri uh and that's where they find out more about what the project was Mm -hmm. which again is kind of a weird silly scene uh it's set in a bathhouse for some reason so all the other two are just like hanging out having a good time uh and then yuri invites him to to go naked into the bathhouse or whatever no i'm just kidding oh that's right i remember that now and it's really weird because the guy sounds like he's doing like a really forced bad russian accent 
but the actor himself is actually Russian, so he's not doing an accent at all. Or maybe he is, but it's probably just his voice. Oh, yeah. But the whole scene is, again, like, really overblown. That guy was, like, threatening Will Smith, right? Because he's like, I've been watching you. But then that guy, does that guy ever come back again? Oh, yeah. Somehow the guy knows everything and has been involved in everything and hasn't stepped in this entire time. Uh, No, he never comes back. He's never killed. He's never, like, reveals anything else. Yeah, I thought he was, like, the next threat to Henry, but no, he's just gone now. (laughs) Again, that would have been an improvement if in that point you inserted a scene that's like a big action scene where they bring down the bathhouse or something. Like a big uh, helicopter or something starts shooting at the place. Yeah. (laughs) Ben said, it's fine, and he just leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, everyone's fine. They're all friends now. They just kept saying he was a ghost. He was like a ghost. He just disappeared like a ghost. And then we made up the ghost with the gun thing. Because it's so stupid. No, I really think like a ghost with the gun was something a character said. Alright. I don't know who said it, though. And there are a few scenes around this time where they show Junior interacting with Clay and, like, being told about how he needs to be... uh, How he has to suppress his humanity and how Clay (laughs) thinks of him as a son and all this stuff. But it's kind of funny because I think Will Smith's actually doing his best acting as Junior, um, mm. just because he actually has to do something a little bit different. Like, I think it's probably pretty easy to be acting as a World War II hitman. That's true. It was less like his uh, ne- his self now, so it's right always a better, a juicier role. I feel like to do something different. I mean, aside from the time that Tom Hanks played every character in the Polar Express, including the little boy, uh, this is probably like the best acting of a actor trying to play a younger version themselves <laughs> um yeah i actually like kind of, no that's a good point because i kind of forgot i was just like oh right this is like cgi will's uncanny valley will smith but i forgot like oh yeah of course like will smith is <laughs> doing the lines for both parts <laughs> actually ang lee secretly developed a time portal machine and just got the younger will smith to play that those scenes and he just made up all this stuff about like advanced cgi <laughs> It's like, it's actually just Will Smith. So yeah, then they uh, figure out a way to get uh, Danny to to meet with this junior character. They say, like, uh, we'll, we'll only meet with him. And it's kind of weird because there's not like there's any reason that Will Smith would have had to trust this character who previously has just been trying really hard to kill him, despite his objections. Oh yeah, he has like a soft spot for junior, I guess, because he wants to be a dad now. Because he is him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if a clone of yourself tried to kill you or was trying to kill you, you'd probably try to, like, go for a diplomatic approach. Mm-hmm. I guess it was kind of therapeutic for him to try to help Junior reclaim his life at a younger age than Henry was able to reclaim his life. Right. It's one of those, I guess, uh, last wish or monkey paw scenarios where it's like, we're going to try to redo this thing. Mm-hmm. I want to have my life over again, but no, it's really a clone trying to kill you and replace you. <laughs> so there's a really awkward scene where she, like, tells her to strip. Because uh, he needs to check her. Uh, Junior needs to check Danny for bugs or whatever. <laughs> oh, right, but he didn't check all of her orifices. <laughs> right, so she actually does have a bug in her uh, hidden in her tooth. Uh, but I will say this would be a scene that, uh, you know, some other director would, like, play up the TNA angle and, like, show off provocative shots of the body. But in this case, Ang Lee completely subverts that. Doesn't really That's sexualize true. the character that much. Yeah, it's not like Game of Thrones with that. <laughs> with the endless looking through the 
door, uh, looking through the keyhole at the different oh, no. having sex. <laughs> oh no! Whatever that scene was, little finger or whatever. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's kind of funny because Junior's like walking them through these catacombs and he's setting up traps. But somehow, uh, I guess because of the bug, the older Will Smith knows how to, uh, Henry knows how to like uh, easily avoid them all. Gets the drop mm-hmm. on him. Oh yeah, are they un- where are they at a- under a museum or something weird? There's a bunch of skulls in that scene. It's like what's going on in these catacombs? Yeah, it's probably somewhere that we should know, but I didn't really write it down or anything. Are they yeah, in it's France like, at this point? Yeah, they're globe trotting, but I honestly just like didn't even care. Like it's not like Fast and Furious where I'm like, ooh, now they're going here. Or it's not like a Bond movie where they'd really upfront be like Monaco or mm. like uh, Paris. Right. Kind of, like aren't really clear where they're at. Which again, I think they're trying to go for a more realistic touch. They're not trying to be like style and glamour and flash and all that. That's true. Like actually, except for like the the foliage, a lot of cities can look kind of similar. Yeah, they're just trying to be like, oh, this is what it, this is what it'd be like if you went to a bunch of different locations at once. I guess. Mm-hmm. This is what it would truly look like if you were in these skull catacombs in France. Yeah. <laughs> This is what it would feel like. Uh, so yeah, then they're like talking some more and uh, Henry's trying to convince him to not be a assassin and convincing him that they're clones, which again, uh, just look at each other. Like, how do you not know you're clones? I swear we're clones. Are you sure? I don't I know. I can't be I sure. quite buy it. <laughs> but I guess it's like, that's part of the whole learning process about like, um junior was fed false information just like henry learned he had been at different times so junior thought that henry was some like horrible person oh yeah oh right he had been telling him that he'd been intentionally killing all these people or mm-hmm. that maybe he just like went rogue and then he had to remove him which again exactly like the born movies i just wrote down two notes here that i think are kind of funny uh to turn off the alarm at the museum for the catacombs uh the code is 1776 <laughs> And then at some point, somebody says, or they show AMF, which means adios, motherfucker. What? Oh my gosh. So then they drop down through the tunnel of the catacombs. Uh, and there's a lot of spinning. Uh, there's kind of a cool thing with flares. They're just like popping off red flares. Oh, yeah. To light the catacombs, yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of funny because the end of the scene is like Junior still wants to kill him, but of course we know from the rest of the movie that he does change his mind. Yeah, it takes a lot of convincing though, it seems like. It took a lot of the movie time. So if there's anything we know about Henry Brogan is that he's extremely hard-headed <laughs> kind of guy. Just some character just tells Henry that he needs to sleep and then he's like, that's where the dreams are. And I wrote down, that's where the ghosts are. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, he's definitely got, uh, should be seeking some counseling, I feel like. Oh, and then this last scene, again, it's clearly shown that uh, Danny and Junior have, like, some romantic attraction or something. Uh, And I think one of them even asks the other, maybe in the cab or something, like, she has to drive a cab at gunpoint. And she's just asking him, like, you've never been with a woman, have you? And he's, like, awkward about it. Oh, yeah, what the, ooh. Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) (laughs) But then she's, like, older than him, right? Because she's supposed to be a graduate student. Right, yeah. She's supposed to be slightly older than him. But still, like, better match than uh, this really old version. 
yeah that's true than 51 i mean maybe not really old but he's definitely supposed to be 50 or 60 i don't know how old well wait i i guess a 23 year old could be a graduate student but like the reason why he's starting undergrad is because he was being trained to be a hitman the whole time so he didn't go to college from age 18 to 22 right so it's implied that he wants junior to go to college eventually which uh we see by the ending he does um Oh, at some point, I think Clay says to Junior, he's your darkness. And I was like, that's kind of awkward. Oh, yeah. Awkward <laughs> Maybe line. white actors would be fine. <laughs> right. Uh, so they meet in some, like, was it a barn or something? Uh, and Junior shoots Henry with bee venom. Oh, yeah. I don't know where this barn is. But, yeah, he knows that bees are his weakness. and <laughs> His one weakness. It's unfortunate. Bullets. Yeah, we didn't get to see any actual bees. He just had like a dart gun or whatever. Oh yeah, it's a hyper advanced dart gun from uh, Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> oh wait, but then he's like, oh, I have the antidote actually. Yeah, so then uh, that's the point where he's like, I just wanted to be sure that we're actually clones, which I guess the fact they're both allergic to bees proves it. What? Oh my that god. That be some random coincidence. That was his reason? Oh, I think I just blocked that from my memory because that's ridiculous. <laughs> So that's basically the point where we see that Junior's been fully convinced to be on their side and not be like a heartless assassin. Mm -hmm. uh, and he goes back to Clay and they know that uh, they're tracking them in a van or something. And it's the point where like they really pointlessly kill Baron off. Uh, it's like they're driving in oh, some yeah. movie set city, movie set town, uh, and they're driving in a van and everyone is able to bail out just in time, except for uh, Baron, who just gets blown up. Oh my gosh, yeah, this corporation destroys this entire town. I forget where they are. And then, yeah, Baron's just gone. Oh, wait, didn't didn't Will Smith also have some weird thing, body horror thing, where, like, Junior has to dig in his arm for the his bug or whatever that he had put in him when he had surgery or something? Oh, right, they all have, like, secret bugs implanted in them that uh, prove <laughs> or, like, let the agency know where they are at all times. Yeah, creepy government stuff. <laughs> so the van gets blown up, and meanwhile on a rooftop, Clay is, like, doing some fancy uh, negotiating with the local police and selling them that <laughs> they'll handle it. They're, like, a special government branch. Uh, and Junior very <laughs> anticlimactically just knocks Clay out. <laughs> just leaves him there. He's like, I guess mm -hmm. this is fine. And then this is probably, like, the biggest action sequence where there's, like, uh, a guy in a truck with a Gatling gun, and he's just, like, blowing up a hardware store essentially <laughs> oh my god which again looks quite cool in the high frequent high frame rate uh where you can just see like every bullet like shooting up everything lots of like debris or whatever and there's some cool scenes of like mary elizabeth winstead and will smith are kind of like watching each other's backs with the with like their special assault rifles or whatever and being like really efficient taking out the guards but eventually they just end up in the hardware store uh and there's a bunch of like agents coming to kill them but junior just happens to like show up at the right time to kill the guards for them mm -hmm. and then they have to have the big boss battle uh so there's like one final agent who's like some sort of super agent because he's like jumping down buildings and jumping up to the top of the hardware store and leaping all around i think he's the he's the beta test of the new type like he's the first of his kind maybe Right, so we find out at the very end of this scene that that's actually another Will Smith clone, and this one really is, like, basically a super soldier. And there's another cool scene. Uh, he has, like, um incendiary round shotgun that he keeps shooting. 
And eventually Junior gets a hold of it, and that's how they defeat him, which is like shooting him over and over again with like the fire effects. Yeah, and then he just makes like a completely like straight face the whole time, and they're like, don't you feel pain? (laughs) But he doesn't. (laughs) He's like, line? Nope. (laughs) Nothing to see here. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's kind of cool. Um, I assume Ang Lee probably has like military connects that, or whoever choreographed this, that helped him like figure out the logistics. But I just think it's neat that like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Danny, um, is doing things like taking headshots of the third clone to like disorient him because he's wearing like a helmet that's bulletproof, so she knows that that's the only place that she can like sort of disorient him. So that's kind of like a cool little detail of mm. that scene. Mm-hmm. But yeah, eventually they just defeat him, and then Clay like comes out of the shadows and gives up some uh, big convoluted monologue about how if Will Smith would just uh, shut up and go away, then they could have their perfect future with no more military funerals. Oh my god, he's trying to kill the original. He's like, we can only have the simulacrum. Will Smith, go away. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't want the clones as the thing. Like He thinks clones are worth less than humans, even though why would they be? Yeah, oh my god. Oh yeah, and then he said, I thought it was a funny line when he says, I should have cloned myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. I think there was some line about um, that they had cloned him before Dolly, and I was like, why would you say that? Oh, that's right. They were like, Dolly was cloned in 90-something, 97 or 96. When this movie was originally written. Yeah. I guess they had clones on the mind, yeah. <laughs> Somebody was writing this movie, and they're like, oh, shit, clones. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I think I saw that Ang Lee's married to a microbiologist, so I'm like, you don't have any excuse <laughs> for, well, huh. I don't know. It's not like you can be expected to have a serious scientific explanation. But yeah, it says he lives in New York with his wife, a microbiologist. Right, and I mean, obviously, if you want to make like a movie that's scientifically accurate, you probably could, but that wasn't their goal here. But yeah, so he's older than Dolly the sheep, I don't know. <laughs> and I feel like this is another trope, just the idea that the clone doesn't have a soul or it's fine. Uh, you don't have to worry about it, man, because who cares? <laughs> don't even worry about it, dog. Like, wasn't there a Arnold Schwarzenegger movie which had a bunch of clones in it, The Sixth Day or something like that? Yeah, I know there was, but I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. Anyway, the point is that Arnold Schwarzenegger clearly heard about this plot and then was like, fuck that, I'm going to write my own cloning movie. <laughs> it's going to be like <laughs> ten times as good. Okay, wait, how does Clay die? Right, so that's the most ridiculous part. Uh, Henry, the older Will Smith, is like preventing Junior from shooting him with the shotgun. Just being like, you don't want to do this, you don't want this on your conscience. Right. Uh, knowing throughout his career, I guess he's only had justified kills or something. I don't know. Has he never killed anyone at all? He's just, like really good at it. Wait, Junior or Henry? Yeah, has Junior never killed anyone? Yeah, I think that he was just getting worked up to it, maybe? I don't know. Oh, we forgot to mention, there's also some convoluted like DIA training sequence uh, earlier in the movie where they're just showing like all these people running around and getting shot with paint guns. Oh, yeah, it's like they stage a whole... Fake. fake capital riot march scene. oh my no, god but then it's like kind of like funny because they it is like a hollywood set or something so they like zoom out and it's like ah oh, so meta <laughs> just kidding yeah um so anyway uh 
Henry prevents Junior from shooting him, just being like, you don't want this, uh, it's okay, we'll let the authorities deal with him, and then he immediately just shoots him with a shotgun, like, when, when he gets the shotgun away from him. Right, Henry's like, I have no qualms about this. I, however, I'm fine with it. I'll sleep better <laughs> at night. I already have PTSD, so... So that one's an intentional anticlimax. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I guess it's weird making a action movie that's not like a Marvel movie in this current atmosphere because a lot of these Marvel movies, for example, are are mostly just like roller coaster rides. So you kind of have to wonder if that was like on Ang Lee's mind when he was making this movie that it doesn't have to be that deep, it doesn't have to do anything, but as long as you have like a few cool action sequences, that's enough to carry the movie. Hmm. Some like pretensions at having interesting dialogue, but really it's not. Yeah, it did have some like pretty bad lines actually. That's a weird thing because uh, again, it, it was rewritten and reworked again and again over the years. Um, so that just goes to show again, like you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. It's probably often better if you just have one or two writers on a project. Um, and who knows? Maybe the original script was really good and they just like fucked it up over the years. Yeah, or like any one person's script would have been fine but like doing it so many times makes the tonally it's like all over the place depending on the scene plus you have to factor in like i mean i don't know what will smith is like on a movie set but i'm just thinking of like tom cruise or any of these big male leads uh they always come with their own list of demands and probably have their own people to like watch uh to read over the script and like make their own changes uh i know with tom cruise like for example he's like really heavily involved in all the movie he makes which doesn't explain the mummy. Will Smith's like, I can never be overpowered by my clo- my, my CGI clone. <laughs> yeah, we, no one can ever win any of the fights. They have to be perfectly <laughs> symmetrical. <laughs> in every way. Uh, one cool thing is that most of this movie was shot in Georgia uh, and was also shot in Cartagena and uh, Budapest, hmm. which I guess is where uh, the part with Yuri is meant to take place. Oh, right. Yeah. The bathhouse. But then the other weird thing about all these high frame rate movies is like you can't actually watch them in that format at, in your home. Like nobody has 120 frames per second, 8K, whatever, TV, 3D, blah, blah, blah. So you can you really can only see these in theaters right now. And in this particular case, you can't actually see it in the full format anywhere. Like there is no theater that is properly equipped. Oh my god, you can't view the original... It's just the simulacrum. Or like if I want to see The Hobbit in high frame rate, there's no way to do that. It's not possible. Yeah, I mean, do they not want it to have rewatchability? They only care about the profits in the theater? Again, I'm thinking of like Avatar, like with any of these 3D movies, unless you went through the trouble of back then getting like a 3D TV, there's no way of like replicating that at home. And even then the effect probably isn't nearly as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that it's something like, Maybe they should have um, more full IMAX screens. And then now with everyone like staying at home and not going to theaters, we just watch most movies at home. Just like direct to streaming. (laughs) This movie should have ended. uh, So they meet the clone on the college campus. And then Mary Elizabeth Winstead just walks over and is like uh, French kissing him in front of Henry. And it's just like a really awkward beat. And then just kind of ends. Oh my God. I forgot about the the French. Oh, I I was like the French kiss. No, I'm it's, saying that's what they should have done. It's kind of like weird, ambiguous family, but it's it is kind of like breaking the cycle of the bad dad and kind of a chosen family where it's like he now has a son who's actually like a clone. 
adult kid and then like this friendly lady who might be dating the kid we don't know <laughs> jackson brogan named after henry's mother mm-hmm. and then uh we were joking that that leads directly into the plot of the fresh prince of bel-air he gets in one little fight and his mo- and his dad gets scared <laughs> so he sends oh, no. him to his auntie and uncle yes. in bel-air <laughs> and the cycle starts anew I don't know. This to me just seemed like one of those examples of like someone comes up with a fun idea for a story. They're just like, what if you had some movie where somebody fights themselves but younger? But again, Looper did that exact thing like not that many years ago and much better than this and more naturalistic. So what you're saying is it should not have been made into a full feature length film. I mean, it's like I'm saying, like, uh, I don't know, some other movie reviewers I listen to sometimes keep making this comment where... um, Maybe some people really do just want to see the action scenes, like for any of these given Marvel movies, maybe they'll just load up, uh, you know, the big fight at the end of Endgame or Infinity War or whatever, and just watch that scene, or oh my gosh, any of these yeah. big scenes in the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy. And maybe it's the same case here, where like, maybe you just watch the action scenes and not really care about the rest of it. Maybe I just watch Will Smith get punched in the face with a motorcycle by Will Smith over and over again. I mean, that is probably the best part of the entire movie. <laughs> Not even lying. I've never seen a movie. I've seen movies with clones and I've seen 3D face replacement, but I've never seen a movie where somebody throws a motorcycle at somebody else and the other guy lives somehow. <laughs> yeah. I think they should have just kept building on that scene uh, and just kept having like more and more vehicles involved. Then they, oh my God. then they find a Volkswagen Beetle and start, like, driving yeah, them at each other. They could have incorporated more Fast and Furious elements with just, like, escalating vehicle chase scenes. I don't know. Have you ever seen any of the original Terminator movies? Like, Terminator 1 or 2? I think so. Well, they just have this feel to them where, like, once the robot or whatever has found his target, then the rest of the movie is kind of just, like, uh, maybe you can also think of, like, Mad Max Fury Road. Where it's kind of just like, then the uh, antagonist is chasing the protagonist for the rest of the movie. And it actually works out pretty well for an action movie because it's very, like, tense and, uh, I don't know, thrilling or whatever. And maybe they could have just done that for this movie where there's, like, from that point on, it's just older Will Smith has to keep running from younger Will Smith, like a cat and mouse thing. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of, um, it also had elements of, like, a detective or something where he had to, like, keep questioning or keep... Like, um, Danny had to get evidence with the DNA and get it tested. And then, I don't know, just some parts of it was almost like they were solving a mystery, too. So they, they interrupt the, the chasing with to, to ask questions and stuff and talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, it's like the action isn't that good. Uh, the, like, little story beats aren't that good. Um, it's just like a rehash of a rehash. The, like, this plot itself is a clone. It's just a reflection of reflection. <laughs> and then overall, the movie I don't think did very well. Like it almost it it barely made better than its budget. But then when you uh, account for uh, marketing and all that stuff, it definitely didn't make back its budget. It's probably considered a flop, I assume. You could say it's like a deep fried meme. Those like uh, memes that look like they've been copied over and they're like blurry and stuff. Yeah, a copy exactly. of a copy of a copy. <laughs> It's also funny because, I mean, I haven't seen it, but from what I know about Billy Lynn's long halftime walk, or you can even think of, even think of uh, Life of Pi, 
both those movies are based on books uh so presumably they have a lot more depth and themes and complexity uh i think life of pi did very well i don't think uh billy lynn did very well so i'm just imagining at some point ang lee's just like well fuck it i'll just make some stupid action movie and then they can just like be happy with that (laughs) yeah i'm okay with it being a will smith vehicle i guess just like sure give me more will smith yeah i mean uh i would say i'm actually a fan of will smith in general just like the actor personality whatever Mm -hmm. Um, like obviously i grew up watching fresh prince of bel-air uh I really like Men in Black. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Independence Day, even though it's really stupid. <laughs> I even recently went back and watched Bad Boys, because uh, I was even thinking we should go back and do some Michael Bay movies. Uh, <laughs> but I was actually surprised to find that uh, Bad Boys is pretty entertaining, like pretty dumb and stupid, but funny and good action. Uh, and then um, The Rock was actually genuinely a good movie, hmm. which, you know, I hate michael bay but i guess if you do enough movies some of them will be good <laughs> yeah exactly he's like the nick cage of directors i guess i don't know i mean i fucking hate the transformers transformers movie entirely i probably wouldn't even do that for this podcast and pearl harbor sucks oh yeah i mean obviously honestly i think that's probably where he started getting stupid with things <laughs> honestly that's where it all went downhill <laughs> well armageddon was really bad too they're like, wait, 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 you like explosions? Can you do one with, like, an Armageddon explosion and one with, like, a Hawaii explosion? Can we just do a two-hour explosion? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, at least, uh, as far as I understand it, most of Michael Bay's explosions are actually real. Like, that's the real element, and then the transforming robots are the CGI thing. And he mm. probably has, like, some record for biggest explosions. Wait, so they're having real explosions and like these elaborate sets or whatever timing of these explosions but there are then they're just cgiing in is there someone in a green suit who's running around being a transformer <laughs> like what how are those films? right no it's the opposite of uh how you would do like a green screen phantom menace movie i guess where you get the real plates and then you overlay the 3d on top Mm. I actually watched some movie. Uh, I watched some video at some point that was like going really in depth into like how they do the mechanics of the transformation and like the science of the transformers, and it sounded like really well thought out. But then it's completely wasted with these like asinine, stupid fucking movies. <laughs> uh. It just reminds me also again of Phantom Menace and how that movie has like all these like layers underneath it, like somebody who developed all this like different clothing type and different languages, kind of like Lord of the Rings or whatever. And then it's completely wasted and nobody notices any of it because of this horrible plot. Someone's like, I made this stain on young Anakin's outfit to like represent something he did. It's like no one notices. Yeah, exactly. Or even in the Lord of the Rings movies, they go really pedantic with it and they'll have like inscription on this sword or this dagger. That's not even one of the main characters, sword or dagger. It's just like one of the extras and no one <laughs> will ever notice or see or appreciate that detail, but they still have to include it. Oh my gosh. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't also mention that David Benioff, aside from the Game of Thrones, uh, also co-wrote X-Men Origins Wolverine, uh, which you probably do one of these days, because it's also infamously terrible. Oh, God. And he also wrote Troy, which is kind of mixed. No. Uh... Well, you know what? <laughs> I guess, you know, if he wants to give the world eye candy, what? Uh, right. what's his face? Uh, Brad Pitt. I guess that's okay. If you want to, for some reason, make the Iliad without the gods in it, 
<laughs> Why would you do that? Oh, he also wrote an episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's kind of funny. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> anything else to say about this movie? I guess, yeah, the real question is is it some sort of conspiracy because it's been it was delayed in 97 and maybe it was only greenlit finally when they were like oh we can make this technology look really bad and then they'll never replace the actors (laughs) oh actually that's what i want to mention uh this has been a fear in hollywood for a really long time that essentially it will reach to a point where the cgi will get so good that you won't even need the actor at all uh, and some Mm -hmm. make us the performances will get so good and what you'll essentially have is the actor just signs uh, over their likenesses and their uh, life rights or whatever. And <laughs> they just make the movie and they get the awards or whatever eventually, but it has nothing to do with them actually being on set and acting. Mm-hmm. It's been a real fear. Uh, and you can see how it's been going in all these Disney movies uh, with like Carrie Fisher and uh, Rogue One and, mm-hmm. you know, all the de-aging they do throughout the Marvel movies. <laughs> so you can see this is a real fear. So it's kind of funny that they would make a movie plot that would like really lean into that whole fear right yeah so it's like and then conveniently this movie's like not that exciting or great or whatever so maybe it's like a bad demo of this technology (laughs) well i mean the technology isn't the thing i have the problem with it's the plot like if they use the exact same technology and honestly kept probably most of the action scenes be fine Mm -hmm. it's really just all the other stuff um, just the fact that they didn't really have anything they wanted to say or could say or any real aspirations aside from like let's show off no they're trying to say don't be a bad dad <laughs> <laughs> and robin wright also made another movie called the congress which had almost the exact plot i was talking about she signs away her likeness and they make uh like a cgi double of her to act hmm. Hmm. and she's actually playing herself <laughs> and that movie has clive oven in it too <laughs> But anyway, the real conspiracy is that uh, Hollywood knows that clones are real and that, that the DIA is real and they're trying mm-hmm. to like push away interest in that by making this ridiculous movie and be like, there's no way anyone would do something stupid like that. <laughs> That's the conspiracy. Oh yeah, the island or whatever is actually just Hollywood. It's like, oh, we can't let any of these actors actually die. We just replace yeah. them. <laughs> that is kind of what Hollywood's like though. They have like 10 actors that they put in literally everything <laughs> like it's honestly the list i read earlier like tom hanks uh, right. tom cruise <laughs> vin diesel <laughs> the toms and the chrises that is one thing i like about like random reality tv shows is you at least get to look at different faces i don't know real people that's true yeah it's also so strange that like especially for women in hollywood uh there's always this pressure to like get work done and honestly they usually just like fuck up their probably normal looking faces but, like messing with that too much yeah well i don't know what to say about this movie anyway i definitely recommend that people go see the congress or le congress instead of seeing this movie <laughs> and <laughs> i'd be great. really pissed if i had paid money to see this in theaters i'd be like what the hell was that mm? oh my god oh yeah one of the line one of will smith's lines was it's not gun time it's coffee time <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> oh yeah and then clive owen said um I love you as much as any father ever loved any kid. <laughs> totally believable. But he delivers it in such a weird way. He's like, I love you as much as any father loved any kid. Like, every <laughs> line he says is, like, really arch. He's mad all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wouldn't you be, like, sympathetic or, like, normal at that point? 
It's like, no, don't yeah, fuck with me, son. Completely one-dimensional. <laughs> and he's a great actor, like I said. Uh, I kind of wish he had been in bigger and other things. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of just seems like a wasted opportunity, or they're just trying to sell off the technology and be like, look what we did, uh, so then Weta <laughs> can do this for other people. Or they can actually bring this to be uh, a real thing. Right. And like I said, um, all these actors who were involved is probably with the excitement of, like, uh, you can look at The Irishman. You have a new Martin Scorsese movie with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci where they're playing, like, younger versions of themselves, which is something that, like, nobody ever expected would ever happen again. Uh, obviously, everyone, like, Felites, Goodfellas, and Casino or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. They can forever t- uh, make sequels and prequels for all t- of time over and over again. And I will say, if uh, Quentin Tarantino or something wanted to get John Travolta uh, back to play his Vega character and make the Vega Brothers movie he'd been talking about for a while, just like digitally DH them, <laughs> I'd be down for that. Oh my uh, so there is interesting stuff you can do. It's kind of the same thing with like just CGI in general. Like they often don't put much thought into like why are we doing this. Uh, they just do it. It's just the spectacle of doing it. Yeah. Science was so enamored in saying we can do this, they didn't stop to think, should we do this? Or whatever the <laughs> Jurassic Park quote is. Oh, right. <laughs> so anyway, maybe you could make an interesting plot with this. Uh, it's very tropey. Uh, the actors are fine. Uh, they didn't really have much depth. Um, Ang Lee, for some reason, just never clicks with me. Maybe I should see Life of Pi and I'll change my mind. Like, I really hated Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I don't think I saw it. Like, when I saw it as a kid, and even now. The dramatic scenes are good. It's all about, like, age and sacrifice and all that stuff. But the action scenes bug the fuck out of me. It's just, like, all the scenes of them, like, going up in the trees and flying, essentially, turns into fantasy film. And I'm just like, what the hell? And I've liked other movies that are, like, uh, in that genre. The Wuxia, like, Hero is amazing, even though the politics are probably weird. But I don't know. It's like magical realism or something. Yeah, I, sometimes that works if, if that's actually the story. But if it's supposed to be realistic and then suddenly people are flying through the trees, I'm just like turned off by it. <laughs> sometimes you just got to fly through the trees. <laughs> or like you've established, you're the Marvel Universe, so everyone has powers. Then, okay, makes sense. Mm. But like if you're just supposed to be humans in a Chinese, old Chinese world, then mm-hmm. you got to explain it somehow. <laughs> There's all, everything else is like very um, historically accurate, except that people can just except run up fly. trees. Yeah. <laughs> In my second life, I'm also a paper salesman named Dwight. Except I Only can. I can fly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's basically the plot of the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> so even though I just said that people shouldn't do this, I would say if you're going to watch anything from this movie, go check out some of the action scenes, which are kind of cool. Uh, but aside from that, like, you don't see many movies with first-person shots and all that. Mm-hmm. They do, like, a lot of crazy things in the action scenes. But aside from that, like, there's really nothing to the dialogue. There's nothing characters. The themes are very, like, dry and stale. Kind of just pointless. <laughs> but it's maybe Will Smith's best work in a while. I don't know what else he's done that's been, like, worth commenting on. Yeah, it is kind of interesting how it, yeah, it's like the copies of Will Smith. Um... It does kind of mirror just like this being this movie just being recycled tropes, copies of other bits and pieces of movies. <laughs> and I will say, like, uh, they made an Independence Day sequel a few years ago, uh, which Will Smith probably should have done. Wait, they did? 
Yeah, and I'm pretty sure instead of doing that, he either did Suicide Squad or Bright, which are both mm. like terrible films. <laughs> uh, so he probably should have just done that because I think it would have been way better. And it sounded like they already had the script ready to go. He just like pulled out at the last second. Independence Day two, Independencer. <laughs> <laughs> Independence Dayer. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe uh, Will Smith's deal with the devil or whatever went bad at some point down the line. Cause it used to be like he'd have hit after hit after hit, and then he just made, uh, I don't know, Wild mm-hmm. Wild West. That's probably where it went bad. Well, that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I Am Legend was okay. Seven Pounds was, well, I don't know if we did an episode about that, but we could, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's all I have to say about Gemini Man. I don't even really know why they went with the name Gemini Man, I guess, aside from, like, Gemini twins. But he's not a twin, he's a clone. Yep, yeah, they had twin, confusing twins and clones, um, trying to have motifs of ghosts and mirrors and bees and drowning. I don't know what was going on with this movie. (laughs) Ghost with a gun, that's what they should have called it. (laughs) Way better title. (laughs) And then I guess to walk back my comments i guess he was okay in aladdin like he wasn't the reason that movie was bad and spies in disguise i hear is okay but again i didn't see it <laughs> all right so this is another example of where angley was trying to demonstrate something it seemed like mostly the effects which were pretty groundbreaking but again just seems to illustrate that fear that uh we described earlier so i don't know i don't really know why he made this movie and it certainly didn't really hit with audiences or critics who basically uh, kind of tore it apart. This movie is truly a mystery to me. <laughs> it's This is J.J. Abrams' mystery box. <laughs> yeah, actually one of these top critics says Billy Lynn's long halftime walk was a noble attempt at this, and then this is just a stupid version. Oh my god, this says Gemini Man has a approval rating of 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if I'd say it was that bad. Like, it's pretty generic. Probably give it, like, a 5 or a 6 or something. If I had to put it on a number scale. I think it just pissed off a lot of people when they saw it, and they're like, why did they make this movie? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just one of those things where, like, why did they work on this script for 20 years, and then when they actually made it, it's just kind of, like, limp and makes Mm -hmm. no sense. It doesn't have anything interesting to say. I mean, aesthetically and the technology, all great. Good. Good casting. Wasted characters. I don't know. Shouldn't have made it, probably. Or just make the action scenes literally and just release that as like a 30-minute short call it a day. (laughs) Wait, yeah, literally (laughs) just the motorcycle fight scene. The Hobbit, but it's just the stupid bits, (laughs) like the barrel scene. Oh no, the barrel in the river. (laughs) The Hobbit, but it's just the CGI orcs. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so I would say maybe avoid or maybe just watch the action scenes. But as a full movie, probably not going to enjoy it. It didn't, I mean, it didn't make me mad. Like, again, if I'd gone to see it in theaters, it probably would have made me mad. But just watching it at home, I'm like, okay. I'm not yeah. like, this is the worst movie ever made. I'm just like, this is a movie I've seen a bunch of times, probably, in different forms. Right, yeah, I felt like um, it could be fun to watch. I don't know. It felt like a clone of a movie. <laughs> yes. Like, they could have done certain tweaks, like maybe played up Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character. Like, have her have more of a role, more of an action role. Oh, yeah, I kept thinking there was going to be another twist with her that she was working with Clay the whole time, but no, she was genuine. I kept thinking there was going to be twists. (laughs) Yeah, like, everything's very straightforward, and there's no, like, really moral thing at the center of it. There's no, like, lesson, aside from don't clone people, maybe. 
or clones are human. Right. Yeah, don't just use people even if they're clones. <laughs> like, imagine if we stripped away the movie and you're just telling somebody a story. Like, you wouldn't tell somebody a story like this because it'd be like, like, what would the story be? There would be no story. Like, if we were just sitting around a campfire and you're like, now I'm going to tell you the story of Gemini Man. It's a vanity project for actors to play themselves at a younger age. Right. <laughs> Probably very cool for Will Smith to see himself young. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah. <laughs> Stupid, pointless. <laughs> We're all we're all privy to the to see um, the love that Will Smith has for himself as he negotiates with Junior. And there's a lot of movies that also have uh, like maybe a cult following, or there's like a vocal uh, subcategory of fans who are just like very loudly being like, "We do love this movie for some reason." Like Suicide Squad, for example, for some reason has like a very small but vocal uh, legion of fans. But I can't see anyone, like, actually defending this movie and be like, I'm a really big fan of Gemini Man. Like, even just saying you it You should sounds... see the Gemini Man subreddit, Pablo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> see the Gemini Man's <laughs> Richard Roper, Roger Eber, whoever. And also, shouldn't it be Gemini Men? <laughs> oh, shit. I would have wanted to see one of the versions with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, let's just hop into the parallel dimensions of different versions of Gemini Man. Or, like, why limit it? Like, you could do uh, the Expendables, but it's all the young versions of them fighting each <laughs> other. That'd be oh fucking God. cool. <laughs> yeah. I'd actually see that right now. I actually thought about that. I was like, when Clive Owen said, like, I should have just cloned myself, I was like, what if he did, and instead of raising, like, Will Smith's cloner, he raised two clones, and then they're fighting each other or something like that. Yeah, or, like, it... Um... I don't know, one of these conceptual writers on it and have it be, like, really fucked up and weird by the end. Mm? Like, get uh, Charlie Kaufman on it, and then, then it just ends up with, like, a bunch of clones fighting each other in a loop <laughs> by the end. <laughs> Clive Owens and Will Smith's forever. <laughs> I don't know. It just needs something more. It either needs to be, like, funnier, like, better dialogue, uh, more story, like, not just them going from conversation to conversation and random action sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh more extended action like james cameron had directed it for example yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know just not enough there not enough on the bone just a ghost like it's not a fun b movie it's not like so bad it's good it's not it's not like just a bad bad it's just kind of like literally a six or something (laughs) completely neutral yeah it doesn't make me mad doesn't make me sad i'm not like they could definitely make a better movie out of this like we've recommended several things that they could have done but then the end oh, of the day, no. it's like, why? Why make this movie? Is that the worst art is just, it makes you feel absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then again, you're like, well, Ang Lee is like a sensitive director who's done a lot of like really dramatic work. Like why, what made him be like, this is the movie I need to make next. It's just, it's kind of a mind boggling uh, mystery box. Like we said. <laughs> yes. All right. Maybe we leave it there. This is just the conundrum that will keep circling itself. Yes. It's like, was this like a tax write off? What? <laughs> What, were you, what was your motivation, Angley? <laughs> <laughs> There's something I'm missing here, but that's okay. I mean, I'm sure Will Smith is fine with it. He probably made a bunch of money. Like, they always pay him a lot of money, so. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone's fine with their performances in it. The effects are cool. <laughs> oh, it's also really funny to me whenever they make one of these 3D movies or high fr- frame rate movies or whatever, like, with all this tech. Like, But then just imagine all the scenes that are literally just two characters sitting in a cafe or whatever talking to each other, but it's in this, like, fancy format, and you're like, that's pretty pointless 
I could just walk outside and see that. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're like, wait, I can just look around the theater at my surroundings and see reality. <laughs> It's like my hands are coming at themselves. Oh. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a funny movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. You can watch it and probably have fun with it, but I wouldn't recommend you do. All right. <laughs> so for this episode, it's an amazing chats. Oh, and you're right. The other screenwriter did write uh, Shrek Forever After, which actually wasn't bad. I'll say that. <laughs> it was better than the third one. <laughs> oh, he also has a credit on Shazam, which was actually pretty good. Hmm. Mm-hmm weird okay anyway for this episode of cinemazing chat i've been pablo this is erica and this has been gemini man may god have mercy on no i don't know what's a pun about gemini man i don't know oh wait maybe like hashtag twinning hashtag twinning (laughs) all right good enough until next time all right good talking to you bye